Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on almost a Friday. It's a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Final work day of the week for the uh, four local programmings here on 1460 and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours. A lot of football in the uh, next couple of hours. There will be some baseball sprinkled in. We've uh, committed to try and take a look at the local teams, and we'll do that today with maybe the worst. bottom feeder. I didn't want to say worst. I was looking for another word. Uh, that, that's the best word. I mean, you can pull out the, the source and find something a little bit better, but the Kansas yeah. City Royals. Not good. Bottom of the tower. Yeah, they're still rebuilding. They're still, hey, look at those. I mean, it hasn't been too many years ago that the they had a parade. Um, and they'll never forget those days. Mm-hmm. Seems like a long time ago if you're a Royals fan, but who knows? Uh, they're a hardy bunch and a loyal bunch, and maybe one day they will be back. We'll take a look at the 2020 Kansas City Royals at 1045. But up first, Tom Kakert's going to join us. We're going to talk some Hawks with Tom at 1025. He got into it a little bit yesterday, late in the program, took a look at the, the schedule and kind of W'd and L'd it a little bit. In the beginning, I was not... Um, as optimistic, maybe, about the uh, prognosis for the University of Iowa. More look at it, more like this team. Like the team, don't like the schedule. No, the schedule is what it is. I mean, it's difficult. (laughs) Back-to-backers, Ohio State at Penn State. That's not fair. Um, And Michigan State the game before that, though, at Kinnick. That one's at Kinnick, Right, but so you'll go through the East, and you get the easy one, air quotes, out of the way before you go to those uh, two behemoths. Um, But we'll get into the uh, more so on the roster, because it's better than I remembered. Anyways. Tom Cakert, 1025. Andrew Logue's going to help us out with the Royals. Uh, he's hardcore. Uh, formerly with the Des Moines Register. Love talking baseball with Andrew Logue. And I'm going to talk about Zach Greinke's piece in The Athletic. I finally found you it. You found it. Finally. So you said it's a you, long one. It is a long read. So you first started talking about this, what, like March? Nah, maybe not quite that. Okay. April. It came out apparently in February. Did it? It was that long ago. So you had even missed it I for had, that long. Yeah. So I went and I searched. Kansas City Royals on the athletic page didn't come up. Search Zach Grinky didn't come up. Yeah, I even searched probably for the, rotated off the page. It's been so long. I guess maybe that was the case. I even searched for the name of the article mm-hmm. and didn't didn't come up until like the tenth. It was like it's called one in ten million yeah. is the name of the piece, yep. and the first like ten entries were top ten Oregon Duck. <laughs> quarterbacks of all time. Vancouver Canucks, what they, just on oh, and on. Now, and on. now you got my attention. <laughs> it was things like that, and I finally found it. So that's something I will be digging into, certainly over my 4th of July and a three-day weekend. Yeah, look, three-day weekend. Looking forward to, boy, the humidity, by the way. Yeah. Unbelievable, right? Good gosh. Yeah, it's Iowa. We're, uh, we're not used to it, but it's, um, I guess, part of uh, being in this state in the month of July and August. It's going to be humid, and man, oh man, is it so. I've got a gardening tip I'm going to lay oh, out there. Well, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, a gardening no. tip from a guy that doesn't mow his lawn. No. Why, uh, uh, we live in a, what do you call it? Uh, an association. Yes. Homeowner association. So a guy just comes through, your jets through in like one of those big mowers? Is uh, that yeah. what it is? Um, uh, A-plus lawn and landscaping. Nice. And then do the driveways in the wintertime? Yeah. That's really nice. I, I would definitely sign oh, up for, for something sure. like that. Yeah, I like mowing my lawn. lawn. 
I do not like shoveling no, snow. I, now, if I had a snowblower, it'd be a little different. Still not great, though. Never had a snowblower, Trent. No. Don't have to remind you where I grew up. <laughs> right. I was the oldest son. Guess who got the duties? Oh, no. Yes. A little animosity with the younger nah, brother? A little bit. Oh, he was a better hockey player. Than I was, but that's where the animosity lies, <laughs> but uh, telling tales out of school here. Uh, so, um, uh, Tom Kakert uh, coming up on Iowa. But whoa, I whoa, do want to we get... got to get your guarding tip, though. Well, okay. So, let's, let's do it right now. Yeah. Japanese beetles. You're familiar with them? Which one are those? They kind of look like ladybugs. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're everywhere. Yes. And you can't get rid of them for nothing until now. Ooh. So what I would do, because they would eat our entire dogwood within two days. All the leaves would be gone once they get here. And there are thousands of them. All they do is eat leaves and breed. And if you walk up, you can get right close to them. Like within, They don't move. Yeah. And... They're on. They're reproducing. I mean, that's all they do. There's always one on top of another, and that's all that they do. So I was for years, last few years, uh, raid was the only thing that would kill them. You got to get close to them and raid them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all these products you can buy. They don't work until now. So my neighbor is sick and tired of ours, <laughs> and she came up with something. There, it's a bag with an attractant like a. Kind of like, oh, um, oh, they're white kind of circles. What would you call those things? A tablet? A tablet type of thing, yeah. Uh, maybe the size of a silver dollar. And there's a bag, like a, like a test tube shaped bag that you attach to this little hook. And you put it out away from the trees. Trent, I put it in the ground. And it was like a beeline off of my trees. They couldn't wait to get to this attractant. Hmm. And as soon as they touch it, they fall right in the bag. Well, the bags are full. We got three of them. Wow. I mean, I mean full. So is this something that's self-made? Is you it- buy it at Earl May. Earl May. Earl May sells them. Okay. And if you have them, and I know you do, and maybe not everybody, right. especially apartment dwellers, uh, but if you have a home and you have trees, there's a pretty good chance you're having a fight right now against these Japanese beetles. And I've fought them for years. I would be out in the backyard for hours at a time with my can of raid. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I wish I would have driven by at that time. I mean, yeah, and the winds here, my God, you know, you spray it, that's right back in your face. And you just keep your mouth shut when you're spraying it. And then, yeah, because I can't catch on, you know, if you go by the other way, right, and right. you spray with the wind at your back, it's not going to get you. But I'm in such a fight that if I get one, I don't care which way the wind's going. Now I don't have to worry about it. At least I believe. It's incredible. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating a bit. If you have these Japanese beetles, and this is relatively cheap, um, the bag, the bag uh, solution, mm-hmm. Trent, it's amazing. Anyways, gardening tip. There you know you what? Go. We tried restaurant radio. If the pandemic comes back, might I be on to something? Oh, right, a little horticulture with Trent and Ken. All right. 10 to noon. I'll see what I can do. I don't have a whole lot of tips. I know uh-huh. how to mow. I know how to pull weeds. Uh-huh. And boy, do I have plenty of those. But outside of that, I'll, I'll keep working. I'll All keep right. working. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll keep, keep, uh, keep an eye. Horticulture radio. Japanese beetles. They're Nasty. See, we've never had a huge issue. They're around from time to time, but nothing. They're around like right you're now describing. for six weeks, and then they go away. And apparently, they go into the ground mm-hmm. where they spend the rest of their, I mean, the next eleven months. Wow. And they come out in late June, and they breed, and they eat leaves, and then they go back into the ground. Mm. But, Big problem up there in Ankeny. Well, it's not just Ankeny. For me I to think stay it's away. everywhere. I do think it, but yeah, it's a it's a plague. Yes, it's unbelievable. And just you, I put it out there. 
and it was... You could see them just yes, all. Yes, just all of a sudden flying through the air and diving right into the bag where they met their demise. Anyways, um, I hope we haven't lost everybody. Yeah, we're coming back to sports. We'll Don't worry, We'll come folks. back to sports. In the 11 o'clock hour, one of my favorites, I got a couple at the top, and one of them, and it's it's good radio uh, because Trent always gives my friend Stephen M. Sipple uh, uh, as much crap as he possibly can. Yeah. I might have a, a horticulture call, Trent, if you'd like to. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I think we, uh, we, the, we the phone lines are lighting up on the horticulture here. Um, but Stephen Ed Sipple is going to join us at 11 o'clock. He will, 11.05, roughly, find out what's going on over our, our neighbors to the west. Um I've talked to Sip for essentially since I've been on the air, and uh, this year will be no different. Covers Nebraska. It's a good rivalry. And, and Sip, of course, with the Lincoln Journal Star, he will join us at 11.05. And then uh, Dave Sproul on Iowa State. We will get into Iowa State. We talked about him yesterday, and uh, we'll get into more with him with Dave Sproul coming up here today. Uh, again, offensive line, that's the question mark when it comes to this squad, but we'll um, get into that with Dave. And I guess uh, Steve Prohm has a press conference on Monday, a state of the program for the first time since I think the pandemic hit, right? Right, after the game was canceled. I, and I'm not sure. Has he spoken since? I don't think so. I don't remember anything offhand that uh, went there. That'll be good. Yeah. Good good to hear from him. We've heard from Fran on the basketball yeah. side in Iowa City a couple of different times. So good to hear from Coach Prohm and some positive news here on the transfer market here over the last yeah, month Yeah, there has so. been. Now they just need the NCAA's blessing right. on a couple of these kids, right? right. Uh, Henson in particular, I think. Anyways, uh, Jim, welcome to the program. Jim, how are you? Good, how you doing? Doing fine. What's on your mind? Oh, I just want to respond about your Japanese Beatles theory there on your bag. No, it's not a theory. I, I'll, I'll send pictures well, if you don't believe me. Well, you don't have to send pictures. I put uh, tens of thousands of them uh, disposed of them from using the bags. Yeah. And it, they definitely work. Yeah. What Do you, do you have something better? No. No. Oh. Okay. I mean, seven. I mean, seven, you know, kills them. Mm-hmm. But I've did this bag theory. I haven't done it for the last few years. I did it four or five years in a row. Yeah. And I found out what I did was draw everybody else's Japanese <laughs> beetles to my yard. Yeah. And, and I still had them on my trees. So I took the, I took the Japanese beetles bags down. And I've had less Japanese beetles than I've ever had in my life. Is that a fact? I, could, I control them with seven. So that's a funny I story. The, I love the bags, but man, when you put them out, they, it draws them in from everywhere. What is that little tablet or whatever it is that attracts? Do you have any idea? <laughs> I I don't know what the aroma is in that little oh. thing. looks Looks like a little candle. You just kind of stick it in there. Yeah. And a little round can boy it works. Yeah. But oh. I, I just had uh, four or five years of, and I, I'm sorry, but I give up with it because I just, I got, I got tired of, I'd have three or four bags on, I got tired of emptying them every day. <laughs> right. It's unbelievable. Uh, Jim, thanks for, uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Good to talk You're to you. You're welcome. And have th- a good day. Guys. Yeah, you do the same. Thank you. Told you. Stuff yeah. works. I was looking at a map, and this was from a couple of years ago, but Iowa, most of Iowa, isn't even including Polk County, isn't even part of United States that is, quote-unquote, what, what do they call it, established Japanese beetles, that they have established colonies long-term here. We're, we haven't? No, it's mostly in the Northeast. Well, I got news for them. It's mostly in the Northeast. And so, so does Jim. If it's as bad as it is here, imagine what it's oh. like in some of those other places where they say that it's uh, it's been established for a lot longer. Oof. That doesn't sound fun. No, anyways. But, it's you know, as I stood out there, 
I spent probably an hour in the backyard just watching. Just watching. Huh? Just watching. It was incredible. Anyways, uh, so we've uh, we got, a, I think, a good show today. Got some uh, good guests mm-hmm. and looking forward to talking about, um, you know, Iowa and Iowa State, Nebraska, and doing a little bit of uh, Kansas City Royals conversation uh, with Andrew Lowe coming up here in about uh, 1045. So uh, I guess we should touch on this a little bit. The... Um, what is it, Jade Michael? Yeah. <laughs> he is uh, becoming a Twitter star in some people's Ooh, eyes. A lot of people's eyes. In other people's eyes, he is a bit of a nuisance. It depends yeah. on what side you are on. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think that the media doesn't like Jade Michael? I would guess so. See, I've I certainly got why. that. Um, he's gone after them. He's sure, asked right. them you know, about their reporting, about mm-hmm. what they're asking, those kind of questions. And, uh-huh. and I think with that, I probably ruffled a few feathers there. But I, I believe... He's certainly asking and pointing out a lot of pertinent information. Well, he just, I guess he um, kind of went on a clandestine mission, if you will, and, and reached out to the, um, it's, he's not an attorney. What's the dude's name that, uh, that's running the organization that is, uh, that, that all the, uh, not all of them. Look, I believe something, that, the, that these athletes, they're not making this up, right? Mm-hmm. They're not making it up. Did some of them have worse experiences than others? Absolutely. Again, as I said early in the week, I believe Akramodley didn't enjoy his experience. He's an awful witness. He's an awful witness. Yeah, there, there's plenty of things Absolutely. to poke the holes in. The James tweets. Daniel's not. That's a different one. That's that's a different side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what the, what this is what this has uh, kickstarted is change. How can anybody not like this? Right? Yes. Change that needed to happen. Absolutely needed to happen. Is it been a black eye to the University of Iowa in a lot of respects? Yeah. I mean, Washington Post is writing about it. It's on front page, ESPN.com. It's, uh, it's not the, uh, publicity that you're looking for. But at the, at the same time, Jade Michael is, um, I don't know what he is. I don't know who his background is. I don't know if he's a hardcore fan. I don't know if he's a coach. There's been speculation out there that that, that he's part of the staff or connected to the school. I don't care. Um, he's bringing out the other side. Boy, Rob Howe. You know what? Um, Rob Howe's got some thick skin. <laughs> if, he, if he hasn't developed any up until now, uh, boy, oh boy, I hope he's grown some skin in the last couple of weeks because watching his timeline from his tweets, do you? It's kind of entertaining to me just to go and fall, And some of the replies that this guy gets. Ugh. I don't even look at him. I, I just, don't you? No. It's just, oh my God, it's cringeworthy, some of them. Yeah, I, I can see it. I can see the frustration. And, you know, this has got to be difficult for both sides of that. His. The ownership group of Hawkeye Nation. Yeah. They want it to be a fan site. Right. Rob Howe's a journalist. Yeah. He wants to be a journalist. And mm-hmm. though he's working for a fan site, he still has the journalism aspect to it. And well, what it is, came from a newspaper. Right, right. And went to school to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. And that's where he went to college to do. Mm-hmm. And when you have Where'd both he go? sides. Syracuse, he grew up in, I think, New Jersey. Right, yeah. I know he's from the Northeast. Yeah. I'm not sure where he went to school. I'm not sure but, either. Yeah, and came out here, got a job right out of college at the Iowa City Press Citizen, yeah. and has been in Iowa City ever since. But when you have those kind of two worlds colliding, and what is too much, what is going too far, you know, the DJK piece that he didn't write, he didn't pen it, he didn't even interview him. No. They just posted what Darrell Johnson Culliano said, but the arrows that came his mm. way that way. And, you know, the unfortunate part to me as I look upon this, because change, as you said, certainly needed to happen. We've learned that, and Chris Doyle's no longer there, and I think Knowing Kirk Ferentz the way that I believe I do, he is going to work to make changes inside that football program and make it better for minorities and and specifically for Mm African-Americans. But 
What are the Trent, ones? This is part of his legacy. I don't oh, care yes. what anybody yeah. says. Rabdo in this. Yep. I mean, and he's got a lot of good. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. And as I've said many times, I have not enjoyed um, covering a coach more than than Kirk Ferentz. Covering air quote covering, talking about criticizing, um, applauding when necessary. Uh, though, not applauding, you know, that type <laughs> of thing. But but certainly praising maybe. Um, and there's been a lot of that. There's been more of that. But but certainly Rabdo in this well, is going to be part of his career at Iowa. But the unfortunate part for me is when we're talking about these stories, we're not talking about anymore the James Daniels. No, their stories. no, no. We're not uh-uh. talking about Mike Daniels. We're not talking about those players. We're not even talking about the guys that transferred away and didn't have a good experience. And their stories that illuminated, I think, a lot. Maurice Fleming yesterday. Did you read yes. this? I mean, we're, we're talking, though, instead here on the airwaves and at the water cooler and when I go out and about and I'm talking to people in the community. And what do people talk about? They talk about DJK and they talk about Akron Wadley. Precisely. And those are the ones that are being illuminated. Mm-hmm. And, and that's too bad because it it, it's overshadowing what is maybe, not maybe, what apparently happened. You don't get 60 players. You're right. Right? Yes. If it was just these two guys, you brush them off. Mm-hmm. And that's happened them. in the past. Absolutely. Derek Mitchell, who is there no longer go. with us, right. but he had a couple of things, a couple of different times, some tweet storms, and mm-hmm. everyone just kind of scoffed at it. But when you see the sheer volume of players and players that didn't have any experience where no. they ended up somewhere else, these are players that went through the grind. Some of the three, verbal four, abuse five. that yes. they say that came their way, and I believe them. Yes, absolutely. But it's easy now, I think, for Hawkeye fans in general. And I'll be interested. I'll see my uncle, who's a huge booster over at Iowa this week, and I, and I want to talk to him he about this. He doesn't like Rob Howe, I'll guarantee I'm you. Probably not. <laughs> I want to ask him, though, about his perception, because I, I think I know him well enough where he's going to point to the DJK story mm-hmm. and the bad things that happened mm-hmm. with DJK. And he's going to point to Akron Wadley and some of the negative things there. And that is going to overshadow everything else. And it does, Trent. This is hurting what these players, the yep. Broderick Bins, who's Could not working agree to do with it. You more. This is hurting the cause of yep. what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. These two guys, because these are the faces yeah. of the uh, bad experience, and they have zero credibility. Yep. I believe it happened to him. I absolutely do believe. But it's it easy to, to for anybody. You don't mm-hmm. even have to be a fan, but to to shoot holes in both some of their stories and the reasoning behind it. What I don't believe for a second is that Kirk Ferentz has as much influence to keep guys out of the league. Yes. I mean, come on. He, did, he didn't make Akram Wadley fumble. We really, need, we really need a running back. Drill Johnson, Coolianos. We really need a receiver. These guys are really good. Boy, I could plug him in next week. He could start. He's going to make it. But you know what? Kirk Ferentz is not doing you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take Kirk's word on this. We'll find somebody else to replace him on the roster. No. Kirk has built, how it works. built up enough where pretty much every staff in the league Call him for an opinion, we'll but if believe- you need a guy right. and he can help you save your job and win games, you're going to take him. Absolutely. Look at the league for crying out loud. DJK was cut by two Arena League teams. Yeah, he was cut I by a CFL true. team. True. The CFL, I mean, he was for far too far away from the game, I think, for the Arena thing. If coming right out of uh, college, he would have gone to the Arena League, he would have stuck, I, I believe. He's a good player. He's he a good was player. a good player. He was always a good player. Mm-hmm. But you get more than just a good player with him, mm-hmm. and professional organizations but even some, at that level. But you say. know what? Reading his stuff recently, I think he's grown up. I mean, I think he's changed. He's getting into coaching now, and he's starting at the very bottom. But I talked to DJK. I interviewed him right after his career, maybe within a year of it ending, and a long piece. I talked to him for thirty-five, forty minutes. He's engaging. He's smart. Yeah. He's incredibly articulate. Right. He's what charismatic. he is. He is. He has all those things. I don't know if we know if he's grown up, though. 
because he's always had So you think that he's pulling the wool over our eyes a little bit? I could see it. Well, maybe. He did it to me right afterwards. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, I thought this guy was changed and yep. then saw that they didn't change for three, four years but afterwards. But he's, he's, he's a father now. You that know, can that do change, it. changes people. Oh, not everybody. People. Not everybody. You're not right, everybody. but a lot of people. You say, you know, you change your life. Oh, really? Come on. It changes your life. And he was changing and trying to mend some fences. Now, did he burn every bridge? That very well yeah, could have been I mean, the case. That was pretty evident last year when he thought he was coming up back for a celebration at the last minute was, no, you're not welcome here. Well, right? and, and that was one side of the story. Right. And well, I, I kind of believe that side of the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. I believe that he was told, no, you're not allowed. Right. But why is that? There's got to be sure. a reason for it. Sure. And there had to be something that happened that precipitated that. Well, you know what, though? There had to be a reason. But as we come to find out, it seems like uh, you do things the Iowa way or, you know what? And maybe it's as simple as that. Yeah, and if that's the case, that. then there's definitely more fences than just uh-huh. Akron Wadley DJK that Kirk Ferentz needs to go through. You know, that's a question I posed to you right as this was all going on. I hope that he's making those phone calls to the guys that had the bad experiences. He's not just talking to the guys that made it, James Daniels, and what can we do right, but mm-hmm. talking to Marcel Jolly. Mm-hmm. You know, what what was so bad for you? Talking to those guys that went on and didn't have great careers. Those afterwards. guys that we had to look up on Google because right. we don't remember them. Who's that dude? Right. And that, that there was a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those... that that that's no reflection on their abilities to play. No. But it just never worked for him. It never right. clicked for whatever reason and talking to those players. It's easy to talk to the guys that are also casting checks in the NFL and made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Talk to the guys that are struggling. Talk to the guys that maybe didn't finish their degrees and are trying to still bounce around you know, in their 20s and into their 30s and figure out, what did we not do right for you? Those are the important phone calls to me. No question. I mean, February 2019, um, Wadley's mom's on Twitter just singing the praises of the experience they had in the five years of attending games at Kinnick Stadium and, and the fan base, how welcoming they all were. I mean, that's not too long ago. No. Uh, anyways, we'll take a time out. We're going to uh, let's talk on the field stuff. I'm Tom ready Kaker. for that. We'll talk to Tom Kakert. I'm into this team more so than I was at 11:30 yesterday. I think that uh, what was the total? You said seven and five. Seven and a half is the number, mm-hmm. as it always is. Right, that Seahawks <laughs> game is so pivotal. It is so pivotal for for both of the schools. And I will talk to. Uh, uh, Tom Cakert coming up, uh, then we're switch gears away from football for a second. At 10.45, we'll get to uh, Andrew Logan, then back to football. Nebraska with Stephen M. Sipple and Iowa State with Dave Sproul. want to say welcome aboard to Kemper's, Kemper's True Value up in Grimes, who's with us again this baseball season. Nice. And uh, Jason just sent me a message, said they have the Japanese beetle Do bags. They? Yeah, so... Head up to Grimes, go to Kempker's True Value, you can get hooked up. And Tell him Ken Miller sent you. There you go, look at that. There's a spot right there, love it. No, I'm telling you, look, I don't endorse the bags that they work. Now, as Jim said, they work so well that sometimes you get your neighbor's bugs. Well, but, as long as they're all finished off, it's all right. Absolutely. The only good Japanese beetle is a dead Japanese beetle. Uh, time out. Uh, Tom Kakert next. Uh, the bags are available. Do we have an address? Uh, it's just off of uh, the main drag there, right on, on right off of Main Street, okay. in, right downtown, the heart of Grimes. The heart of Grimes. Uh, Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and Owen 106. Hi, welcome back. 10.50. 
10.30, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Uh, just real quick before we get to Tom Caker, what Tom Rinaldi does to me on Saturday mornings in the fall... Makes you cry. Yeah. Rex Chapman, did you see, did you see the piece where the mom whose son has cerebral palsy and he always wanted to skateboard and she built kind of a device, a contraption... So he could stand up on a skateboard, oh, wow. and, and she pushes him. Oh my God! I cried like a baby. <laughs> I am right now thinking about it. This Rex Chapman, some of the stuff he gets, unbelievable. Uh, Tom Kakert, he's busy working on a piece. I'll get to this. I do want to get to the team. Tom Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Tom Kakert? Doing well, and uh, happy Fourth to you guys. Yes, time, and uh, hope everybody has a good. Good uh, holiday weekend. Stay stay safe. Wear those masks. Absolutely. College football. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Uh, we'll get to the, um, uh, the the team on the field. I want to pick your brain on because I'm, I'm liking this team more and more after kind of not uh, not being cool on them a little bit. Thought maybe six and six, seven and five. They have more depth than I thought, Tom. We'll get to that in a second. So um, you're working on a piece. Robert Green is the guy that uh, seemingly is the uh, Pied Piper, if you want to call it that. He's the um, person that's behind uh, putting all of this stuff out there and making sure that these former athletes have a voice. What's his motive behind here, Tom? Obviously, money drives everything, most things. We don't, he's not a lawyer. Uh, what, what, what are you working on, I guess? Well, that's kind of where I'm at. Is I want He has to answer some questions. Since he's leading this campaign, uh-huh. it is a campaign and it is a coordinated effort on his part, and I think he's been pretty transparent about that. And he's also contacting potential recruits, uh, oh, is he? Um, dissuading them from from Iowa, or at least tagging them in social media. Now, I don't know if he, if they have paid attention to him at all, but I know he, you know, he has some social media stuff out there that he, um, you know, tagged Ricky Parks, who chose Utah uh, running back from uh, Florida, and so we don't know if. You know, Parks paid attention to it if he if it factored in at all into his decision, but he's doing that. So, um, but I want to know what's your end game here? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to do here? Are you trying to raise awareness of the issues because that's already there? And if that's the case, there's a law firm in Kansas City, Hush Blackwell, that yeah. is investigating this. Get on the phone with those people. Get all the clients that you have. I don't know if they're even called clients, just uh, guys that you've contacted, and have them tell their stories. Let the chips fall where they may for Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz. We already know where the chips fell for Chris Doyle, Beth Wallace, whoever on the Iowa staff. But if your motivation is really, at the end of the day, for financial gain uh, and to make a buck off of this, then, you know, go away. You know, that's just, that's, this is like an ambulance chaser in my book. If, if you're doing that, then you're just, you're going to the scene of a crime and trying to make some money off of it. Do you anticipate, Tom, this is something where he's trying to get a number of these players together in some kind of class action lawsuit and, and that's the way financially yeah. that they gain? Is that yeah. what you're looking at? Yeah, I think so. And, or just create something that is so uncomfortable that, you know, Kirk Ferentz, who, honestly, has a lot of money, or the University of Iowa, which has money, come to him and say, all right, enough. Just What, what is it going to take for you guys to, to quiet down wow. and, and to go away? You know, I think that's probably yeah. his end game. A settlement before it goes, yeah, I agree. I, I just think he's, he's just going to keep 
and 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 I am all for those guys telling their story no to the investigative body, and they need to, and I hope they do, and I hope every one of them uh, gets their voice heard. Mm-hmm. We need that. Mm-hmm. Um, we really do. All of us yep. in society need to hear from people who who have had issues and and have them tell their stories uh, to the right people. But if you're doing it just to make money, then, you know, get away. Go away. Yeah, it's it's um what's the end game, Tom? That that's an interesting point and um yeah, and what's his background? Has he done this before? Do we know Tom? I mean, he's been very difficult to apparently um get in touch with. Um have yeah. you been able to get he's, make contact been, with him? Uh, he's been um elusive. Yes. I think would be the word. Elusive. Uh, I know um you know, I was did a, the, the sports talk show here in the Quad Cities, and those guys have been trying to line them up. And I was going to go in and and um, you know be on on air with them when they when the, to question him because he will not you know answer questions. Mm-hmm. So let's get you on the record. Right. What's going on here? Uh, and if you and if he says oh, we're not going to file any lawsuits, that's not going to happen. Then I'm fine with you know that's fine. I just think. If if it comes to the point where these guys are just looking for a payday, then and and he's trying to facilitate that, then yeah, you know, go away. You know, I don't want to hear it. Well, new column coming up later today, HawkeyeReport.com. You can see more of uh, Tom's thoughts on that one at Hawkeye Report. Let's jump into this football team. Ken, I, I think I finally swayed him on something. He started to come my way. I think this is a really talented team. The transfers that they brought in, the opportunity here, mm-hmm. is the equation as simple as. The quarterback's good. This Iowa football team's going to be good. Is it as simple as that, just breaking it down? Well, you know, uh, as you know, Trent, I, every year on July 4th, I release mm-hmm. my fearless forecast. Yes. And it is in the can. It it's is. Can. Nice. It's written. It's done. It's ready to go. And, um, yeah, I think on offense, this has the potential to be as good an offensive mm-hmm. team as, as uh, there's been in the Kirk Ferentz era. Um, but um, I think the question mark is just how good is Spencer Petras, mm-hmm. and we don't know that answer yet. Right. Um, but if he's if he's good, um, you know, with Goodson and Ivory Kelly Martin and Makai Sargent, and uh, you look at all the receivers, and I think Sam Laporta's, you know, he's not T.J. Hawkinson yet, but he's got a chance to be kind of in that that mold. Um, you got other talented kids. I mean, I. I, I think the biggest question mark is is the defense, and we may see just because of circumstance this year a lot of high scoring college football. <laughs> if we get college football this year, and I'm still fingers crossed we're going to get college football, but yeah. it might be a lot of high scoring Iowa games this year. Yeah, I think you're right, Tom. I do back to Trent's point. Uh, the two Northern Illinois transfers that was my my biggest issue defensively was was depth on the defensive line, right? I mean, it's got to catch yeah. up with them at some point. But plug in, especially Hefline, I think is how you say his name. I think he's Hefline, the better. Yeah, yeah the, he's the better of the two. Um, and, and if you don't if you don't agree with that, let me know about the other kid. If you think he's going to you know plug and play kid, but Nixon and Golston. Um, those guys were terrific last year, and we certainly saw enough about some of the young guys behind them. Um, but now there's depth there. Dylan Doyle was going to start. Well, he's not going to anymore. I think their secondary secondary is good. Keith Duncan's going to make the kick if needed. I mean, he's been automatic for the certainly was last year. Uh, the offensive line is as good as you know typical Iowa offensive line. This team's going to be good. It's it's the quarterback and all. 
indications. I mean, they haven't wavered, right? That Pe- Petrus is the guy. Petrus yeah. is the guy. Haven't wavered. Now that there's depth on the defensive line, Tom, uh, that's got my attention. Yeah, I think the Lorbeck kid, the, the last transfer from yep. uh, Northern, is probably going to play four games and then he's going to oh, redshirt okay. yep. uh, and get a full year is because he's got a redshirt available to him. Um, Heflin will play the tackle. Keep an eye, uh, name to watch, uh, and I've sung his praises a lot, um, Logan Lee. Um, you know, he's going to mm-hmm. jump in there on the defensive line, and I think uh, I think uh, he's going to quickly uh, become uh, a, a fan favorite. He's not going to be... Um, you know, Adrian Claiborne with, you know, 10 sacks or anything like that right out of the gate, but he's going to be a good one uh, and a player to watch uh, moving forward. Speaking of that defensive line, any other young names out there? We know a lot about John Wagner, saw him in some limited snaps last year. You mentioned Logan Lee. Who else out of the young group, either the guys incoming or guys that redshirted a year ago, you expect to at the very least maybe be part of the rotation and see 10 to 15 snaps a game? Yeah, I, that's the big question mark for me is which one of these guys is going to kind of emerge. And um, you know, a lot of the guys, you looked at their weight gains, and their weight gains just weren't all that, um, I won't say impressive, just you wonder if they're they're ready. Um, Noah Shannon at D-Tackle, I liked what I saw from him um, late last year. Um, I think... Uh, Logan Jones has a chance to come in and help as a true freshman. Uh, Karchinski, I, I think, has got to probably help um, right away, uh, you know, do something this year as well. Those are a couple guys, but I'm really kind of dialed in on, on Logan, Logan Lee, Lee. Um, helping out. And also, with Dylan Doyle being gone, honestly, there's a lot of people in the program that thought Jack Campbell was the hmm. future at middle linebacker. So um, keep an eye on 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 him uh there was some talk that he was going to move to defensive end too but i think now with uh, dylan doyle gone that's kind of been kiboshed at this point Mm. well uh the over under elite sports book is seven and a half on on this hawkeye team um do we have to wait till july 4th to know which way you would bet (laughs) i would probably bet uh over yeah i would um, too now that schedule is tough because you're already putting two losses on the on the the right. board when you got to go to Ohio State and to Penn State back to back week. Mm-hmm. That's just that's a given, I think. Um, but after that, um, you know, uh, that Minnesota game is a yeah. tough one because it's on a Friday after the Iowa State game and it's on the road. Mm-hmm. And you know, how is that going to be for for Iowa? Their first road game is uh, you know, and and you know, Philip John Fleck is going to have his <laughs> team ready to go and. Um, uh, and, and, you know, Illinois or Purdue, Purdue is yeah. on the road this year and that's a tough game. Uh, they're going to have possibly the two best, most dynamic offensive players on the field together, mm-hmm. uh, Purdue mm-hmm. with David Bell and, uh, Rondale Moore. Um, I know Amir Smith Marset will be in that conversation as well, but boy, how do you, and, and Brahm is, and, and, ba- with Iowa and Bateman too, don't forget. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're good. They got a lot of weapons. Yep. They'll see one in Bateman in week number three with the Gophers. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I just heard the other day maybe the number one receiver drafted next is year wow. is Rashawn Bateman. Shows you just yeah. how good yeah. uh, the Gophers have a chance to be. Hey, uh, one final thing from me on the just football front. 
Tight end position. Disappointment last year. I thought Laporta started to flash a little bit as the season went on. He'll be back. He'll be out there. And you'd well, the bar was set figure. pretty high the year before. Yes, it was. Miaman played a little bit. Yelverton, Lachey, these guys come in and, and expectations, I think, with both of them. What do you anticipate the tight end position is going to look like? Not the future of it, just for 2020. I don't know. I'd have to think of a number. Combined catches out of the tight end position this year, and it was probably about, what, 25 last year. Let's put it at 35 and a half. Where would you lean there for tight ends? So no, I have to go over on that. Uh, um, don't forget Sean Beyer, too. Just hasn't point, been yeah. healthy. Um, but really talented player um, when healthy and I I, I want to see a really you know good year for that kid because he's a great great young guy and just has battled so many injuries and and just you know little mistakes that have gotten him down a little bit but I think uh, he's in for a good year Laporta is a star in the making um, I think Elverton who got on campus early but although that really didn't matter to him because all he got to do was do weight training. He didn't get to get out on the field for spring ball this year. So, um, you know, hopefully he's um, he'll be ready to go. So I, I think there's some good depth there. I'd take over. I think there's probably, you know, 45, 50 catches out of the tight end this year. Well, Eric Jackson, Kronk, Linderbaum in the middle of the shooter playing right uh, right guard. Who's going to be left uh, left guard? Um, Kalenberger? You know, Cole Van. Banward or or, or Kallenberger, yeah. yeah. Boy, oh boy, it's a salty group. It's a good offense. It's a salty group. Tom Caker, Tom, have a great weekend. We'll look for your piece uh, on July the fourth, and we'll talk about it a week from tomorrow when you uh, rejoin us. Thank you, Tom Caker. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank Bye-bye. you, Tom Caker. HawkeyeReport.com. Get the juices flowing just yeah, a little it sure bit. Sure does. Boy, that offensive line's good. Yeah, the Goodson running the ball. Those receivers. No pressure, Spencer Petrus. Actually, there is. Don't screw it up. <laughs> right. Right. Depth on the defensive line more than we thought. It's a solid kicker. Defensive backfield. Are you ever going to bet against Phil Parker putting together good guys no, on the I'm field not. there? No, I'm not. Uh, we will uh, take a time out. We'll come back with more football in hour number two. Uh, but we are trying to get in all of the local MLB teams. The Kansas City Royals will be next. Our friend Andrew Logue joins us. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 01. Bill Golf Classic. Jeremy. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KX and And now on 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We'll try and talk all of the local teams at some point between now and opening day, which seems weird to say, right, in July. Uh, but those are the circumstances we live in. Today, it's the Kansas City Royals. It was early 2000s, I don't remember the year. Tony Pena got this team off to a start that nobody saw coming. Wheels fell off. The wheels did fall off, but they were over 500. I do recall that. Into June? Was it that Oh, no, later than that. Yeah? I think it was. Andrew Logue probably remembers. Andrew, Trent and Ken, good to catch up with you, Andrew Logue. How have you been? Very good. So happy. I told Trent earlier, not only to have uh, baseball back, but just any pro sport. I think uh, as as serious as events have been going on in the world, I do think we kind of need a distraction. And by the way, your 2003 Royals you were mentioning were actually about a game and a half behind Minnesota uh, early September. That's what I thought. September, 
seventh and got swept in a doubleheader by the Angels. And I remember it because I went to cover uh, the NFL opener for the register the following day, Chiefs Chargers, and they just happened to work. They kind of got eliminated the night before football began. Yeah, look, I remember the start, uh, uh, Andrew, and it was, I mean, nobody saw it coming. They were one of the stories yeah. of baseball that particular year. And I guess where yeah. I'm going is, I mean, can they do it again? Uh, give us reason to hope if you were a Royals fan for this year. They've certainly, I mean, Solaire had a breakout year last year, was unbelievable. Uh, Alex Gordon at the end of the career, Merrifield's a nice player. What, uh, what has Royals fans excited about baseball season? Well, just the simple randomness of a shortened schedule. Now, I'll be honest. I was hoping and rooting for uh, an expanded postseason. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think long-term, the Royals may be hurt that so many of their prospects won't get to compete in the major leagues. I'll say the hope maybe is that you could see maybe a Brady Singer make his major league debut. It's going to be tricky mm-hmm. because uh, the service time will be prorated this year, and that seems really complicated than the usual 172 days. But you've got some prospects that maybe will come up if the Royals can kind of tread water and get themselves to a point where they're competitive with maybe 20 games left and can hang around and it doesn't uh, take away from service time. You might see some of these young prospects make a debut and, that could be kind of interesting if they, if they can hang in till we get to September. You mentioned Brady Singer. He's a power righty uh, that a lot of people are excited about. The top prospect for the Royals, Bobby Witt Jr., a shortstop, number 10 at MLB's top 100 prospects mm-hmm. in the game. What can you tell us about Witt Jr. and when his at- anticipated arrival time will be at Kaufman? Um, I don't, he's another one that's kind of tricky with service on you got to remember that uh, he came out of high school. Mm-hmm. One reason the Royals, I think, put him on their 60 roster is that they can monitor, uh, control, uh, work with his progress. For example, top draft pick this year, Asa Lacey, they did not put on their 60. And part of that, the logic, they think, was that he could be at A&M as a college player. and He could work out and they could keep tracking him that way. But a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, comes up and can work with the team and stuff uh, being an out of high schooler last year, it, it kind of gives him a chance to control. I'd be a little surprised if he actually got to the majors this year, but they're clearly fast tracking him along with about four pitching prospects that they have. Interesting. Who's the face of the program? I mean, Alex Gordon's toward the end. Whit Merrifield is a terrific player. Is it Salvador Perez? Yeah, it is. And it's funny because he's kind of the old man. Now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we haven't seen him since the 2018 season. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I'll kind of be tracking, he's about to break on several top ten lists in Royals history, uh, little things like RBIs, and I think he might be tied for tenth now in home runs. And he's kind of this guy that if the Royals are struggling, you can kind of start watching some of the numbers as he uh, solidifies his place even more in Royals history. But I think it's got to be Salvi probably. Let Merrifield a close second. Yeah. What about Matheny uh, coming over here? I was surprised by that. Yeah, it's a rebuilding project, and the pipeline looks to be certainly building up to a good level there. Your thoughts on him as a manager and making his way across the state from where he was before with the Cardinals? If he's learned from what he went through at St. Louis, then I think it could be a good thing. You know, everyone forgets uh, uh, Ned Yost was fired late by the Brewers because he was too tense. And it, he learned from those mistakes. And when he was manager of the Royals in 14 and 15, he, I think he benefited from that. He didn't tighten up. He didn't put more pressure on players. 
Mike Matheny has to probably chill a little bit, you know, and, and with a younger modern ball player, and he's maybe a little less old school. So I think as long as he learned, uh, I'm kind of encouraged. I wasn't as appalled by the signing as so many people seem to be, but that's the fact that I think he, you hope he, he learned from past mistakes in St. Louis. Uh, if they're, if this team it, uh, doesn't go well for them and they do decide to go with the youth movement toward the end and put some of those guys in, who would be the guy that uh, teams would be looking for around the August 31st trade deadline? Would Duffy be a guy? Would Kennedy out of the bullpen? What might bring them a return uh, as they continue to the rebuild? You know, I think everybody, and I, as painful as it says, even Salvi, if it was the deal was good, wow. I think they, I think they keep Salvi, but I don't think they can be too choosy. Kennedy's the obvious one because I believe this is the last year of his contract. He converted to a reliever last year and had success. Um, but Whit Merrifield, Belair, any of them, because I don't know that this is they're going to be part of that wave in two or three years, and that's what you've got to try to do. You, the Royals have to. You know, they got to be aiming toward 2022 or 2023. And I mean, it's the there, his contract up in a couple of years. Mm. You know, I, I, I think you got to work for everything to be really competitive in two or three years. So I don't know that anybody's not available, but you're going to have to ask for more or get more from guys like Salvi who have an emotional meaning to the city. No question. What about details? People want to make their way to Kaufman if things are opened up. It sounds like ultimately it's going to come down to each jurisdiction. I haven't heard a whole lot about how Kansas City has done Hardboard in general. Cutouts for now is what they're right, in. right. But if we get yeah. into August and they're allowing people back in, have the Royals said kind of what their plan would be? They haven't yet. I think it's all kind of up in the air. Like Ken mentioned yesterday, they sent a statement about I think it's forty dollars. You get a cutout for yourself. Yeah. But this is so. I mean, I could see anything from stadiums at half capacity, and we're all fine with it. To a month from now, Major League Baseball is wishing they followed the NBA and created some sort of bubble. Mm. We just don't know, you know. Yeah, indeed. You know what the A's are doing with the cardboard cutout? If you put, if the ball hits your cardboard cutout, a foul ball yeah. or home run, you get the ball. That's a pretty good, yeah, uh, pretty good gimmick, I guess. Well, what yeah. about the division? I mean, it seems like it's it's the Twins and it's everybody else. Because I'm not, I think Cleveland window is shut. Maybe you don't, Andrew. Who's the who is the team that the Twins? If they're looking over their shoulder, they better have good vision because I think they're going to be way back. But uh, who would that team be? I think the interesting thing to me is, as you touched on the the Indians, but also the White Sox. You know, the White Sox are this team like the Padres in the National League. You keep hearing yeah. they're coming, they're coming, and I think those are two teams uh, that the the, the coronavirus hurt all major league teams, but I think the Padres and the White Sox look like they were maybe poised for a breakout. I don't know how a 60-game schedule affects that, but I'm looking at that. Is it Are the Indians still in the running, or do the White Sox kind of creep closer to the top? That, to me, is the, the biggest story in the division, because I'm with you. I think the Twins should run away with it. Yeah, I think they're head and shoulders. Last thing for me, what did Jorge Soler do yes, uh, last year? Uh, I mean, 48 home runs, drove in about a buck 20 somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But 48 home runs, what was different about his year last year, and will he repeat it? I don't know if he can repeat it that number, but it was plate discipline. I think okay. he just simply, I mean, he had some horrendous swings early in his career that you yeah. couldn't believe. And I think he just accepted the fact that it was okay to take a walk once in a while. Uh, that was it. He's always had the strength. And, uh, you know, you can't really find a spot for him in the outfield. That's another reason I think he'd be very tradable. 
Um, but I think it was just simple a matter of maturity and play discipline. He's a more mature player right now. Mm. He was unbelievable last year, uh, no doubt about it. Andrew Logue, what have you been doing, Andrew? Our final minute with you. What have you been up to? Uh, kind of enjoying the retired life. Okay. Uh, my wife wife and I uh, built a house. It's, we call it our old people house. <laughs> so it's a ranch and uh, no stairs to go up and down. Yeah. That's, fortunately, in this time, has kept us kind of in a busy in a good way but we've kind of been having fun with the house right now well good stuff i knew we would be able to pick your brain on kansas city royals you are a hardcore royals fan andrew <laughs> good to catch up with you thanks for doing this we'll talk to you during the season thank you guys both always fun yeah always it is thank you andrew have a good weekend andrew Logue joining us formerly of the uh, des moines register what was their over under do you remember 20 what 23 22 and a half something like that you can get him to win the division at 50 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a 60 game schedule. Mm hmm. You going to do it? No. No. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, back to college footballer, friends to the West, the Huskers. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 106.3 FM.